Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg with Wendy McConnell today. Hello, and thank you for having me. Of course. Yes. You know, we're now, what, 40 something into this. You've been along for most of the ride. So good to have you. <laughs> thank you. You know, Wendy, have you ever wondered what it takes to be in the top 1% to be one of those one percenters? Well, um, is that a dream you even allow yourself to have? Maybe that's the be a real one percenter. No, to be a <laughs> lot more percent than I am now. Yes. Okay. Okay. It, you know, that's a question that I, I hear a lot or everyone's always sort of curious. What does that take? You know, what is, how rich are the rich, so to speak, right? So they're rich. <laughs> yes, they are. So and, and we're going to talk about that today. So every three years, the Federal Reserve, who's everybody's worst enemy right now because of interest rates, they release some survey data that they take. So this is 2022 survey data that they took on the average household in America. And of course, I don't this is not we don't take this as as the Bible, let's say, right? These surveys, there's always issues. There's it's really hard when you're in a country this size or you know, any survey, there's always these issues. So I'm I i do not want people to get too hung up in these specific numbers today. What we care more about, I think, is the direction that these numbers are headed. You know, so maybe we're off by a dollar or two, right? It's not going to be perfect. But <clears throat> if we track these surveys over time, it's nice to see what's the trend. How are things moving, right? So so we'll start off with breaking things down into some percentile categories. And again, so this is comparing 2019 to 2022. So in 2022, um, the average or sorry, the to be in the 25th percentile. So the bottom 20 5%. Those people have a net worth of 27,000, which doesn't, you know, again, without context doesn't really mean much. In 2019, that number was only 12,400 and change. Wow. So while 27,000 doesn't sound like a lot, it's a pretty substantial difference from more than double where they were at. Yeah. Right. Double in 2019. The 50th percentile is 192,000 and change. Now, again, that it was 121,000. So a pretty, again, pretty substantial move up there. And we see that really across the board. There's a couple of reasons why, you know, we'll, that we'll get into. So to be in the 75th percentile, so this is now the top 25%, their net worth is 659,000, was 404. So another massive jump. 90th percentile, so to be in the top 10%, their net worth is 1.9 million instead of 1.2. And then to be the 99th percentile, if you want to be in the 1%, your net worth needs to be $13,615,400. So I'll take 10. Yeah. 10%. Yeah. 10th, 10th feels good. Right. And, you know, we're, we're both just so close to that 1%, right? So close. 
Um, so that 13 million and 13 million 600,000 was up from 11 million 100,000 in 2019. Mm. And to be clear, inflation's been on everybody's mind here. These numbers are adjusted for inflation over time. So if you look on a percentage basis, those are all pretty significant jumps. And really what we saw is those are the, among the largest in some of those categories, the largest jumps those people have ever seen in their net worth. So it's just real quick, just to, again, get behind the, the curtain here. What makes up somebody's net worth? So there's two categories they break it down into. The first is a financial assets. So that's going to be bank accounts, CDs, savings, stocks and bonds, mutual funds, your 401k, cash value, life insurance, that kind of stuff. They also include non-financial assets. And this is where I think most of the explanation for a lot of these jumps come. Those non-financial assets, the two biggest ones for people are their vehicle and their primary residence. And we saw really substantial jumps in obviously home values being up about 40% from 2019 to 2022. And then cars, obviously, you know, again, we've had major shortages with cars. Car prices got really escalated as well. So can I ask you a question? Why yeah. is that considered non-financial? Because it's not liquid? It's not yeah. Pretty much, you know, they're pretty sure you're not going to sell that anytime soon. Right. Yep. Okay. I think that's the easiest way gotcha. to to categorize it. And just things that are, you know, you're not really using your vehicle for a financial reason, whereas your cash or investments are used for financial. I don't know, Austin. I, I use my vehicle to get to work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, those are the two prime, you know, so you got other other real estate as well. So not your primary residence, but people own you know, second homes and then businesses, which again, businesses, is that a financial asset or not? You know, it seems like it could go either way. But, you know, so as you look at a lot of those jumps, especially I would, you know, and and this is maybe more my opinion, I'll say this is my opinion than it is fact. But if you look at those, those lower categories there, a lot of that change is going to be because their car really escalated in value and their home for those that do own homes really jumped in value, which makes a, makes a big difference. So they go on at it, you know, in general, here's where things are. And there's some, I think, important things to talk about here. If you look, actually read the report. And if you go to the federal reserves website, you can read the report. I think there's some interesting things as a part of that. And one of those, maybe this is just because I'm a math nerd. So I sort of like math. But if you look at, they they break it down by what's the mean or what's the average net worth of an American, and then what's the median net worth, which is just a quick math primer here. The mean or the average is they sum up all the total assets, total net worth in the whole country and divide it by the number of families, right? So they just, what's the total number? The median would be they order all those numbers in a line, and then they pick the absolute middle number. Okay. And there's some really dramatic differences. And this is one of the ways that when you see all these headlines on, on Twitter or news or whatever, where people can be mis misleading with their data, because the mean or the average net worth of an American family is just, just over a million dollars. So when you think about that, and then you think about your neighbors or your friends, think about how many of these people actually are worth a million dollars? 
the answer is probably not that many, right? It's not that average is skewed really highly by the people on the top end. So if you look at the median, which is again, just the absolute midpoint, the net worth there is 193,000 and change, right? So sort of that back to that 50th percentile number, mm-hmm. right? That's a more, I think, representative number using that median number as opposed to just the average. Because the average, I think, can really mislead us in this case because some of the people, the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, et cetera, on the top end skew those, skew that average number. They have so much more. Up a decent amount. Right, right. So, and then I think it's, you know, another interesting thing. And, you know, we're going to, the next episode we do is going to be on these income reports because they give us the net worth information as well as income. And it's there's really interesting breakdown among all of these. They break it down by age le- by age and education level. And there, again, you can see some really drastic differences. So I am 35. So if I look in the median net worth, just so that again, midpoint net worth, 50th percentile net worth for the 35 to 54 category. For those that did not graduate high school, that number is 12,000. For those that did graduate high school, it's 59,000. For those that went to some college, maybe they got an associate's degree, but not a four-year degree, that number is just over 100,000. And for those that had a full-time college degree, that number is 345,000. So that's again, net worth, that median sort of midpoint number broken down by education level. So just another reminder how important education could be in your long-term financial planning. We see it pretty, it's pretty standard. Now there's always exceptions with people who start businesses or do other things, but in general, the more education you have, the more, the higher your net worth is over time. So mm-hmm. if we look at people who are sort of in this retirement age category, let's say from 65 to 74, and again, just that midpoint level. If you had no high school degree, it was about 93,000 is your net worth. If you have some high school, it's about 250. Some college is about 321. And then if you have a college degree, it's about a million dollars is your net worth. Hmm. And if you think back to, you know, what seems like, everybody going through college or thinking like, Hey, if I can just get to a million dollars, then I'll be able to retire. That's sort of everybody's sort of first benchmark, let's say. Yeah. And certainly a million dollars today doesn't go as far as it did a decade ago or longer, right. Because of inflation and things, but that you can see if, you know, for those that have a college degree, it's helped them achieve that. Again, you can get there without that. There are other ways to get there, but I thought that was kind of, Interesting. So then if we look at, you know, Wendy, you mentioned, maybe I don't want to shoot for the 1%. Let's just look at the the top 10%, right? Yeah. So if I wanna, how do I get into the top 10% here? So if you, for me as a 35-year-old, if I want to be in the top 10% and I have a college degree, so top 10% college degree for age 35 to 44, their net worth is $1.9 million which is, again, a pretty big number. And this is, some of these numbers, again, are a little, depending on where you live, that number may seem 
reasonable may seem unobtainable, may even seem low, depending on, you know, where you live. Right. right. But, You're in a small town in Alabama. It's going to be different from New yeah, York. Exactly. Right. So the top 1% now, again, of 35 to 44 year olds with a college degree, which again, fits my category, their net worth is 11.6 million. So there's a pretty substantial jump there, even just from getting the top 10% to that top 1%. And it really, I think just illustrates the divide we, we've seen, you know, that we have in our country, it's it's constantly discussed this sort of the wealth divide and the wealth gap. Now, again, we're seeing it, it's improving and it's improving for everybody, even on the lowest, everybody's sort of moving in the right direction, which is the most important piece of this. But you can, when you, when they really put these numbers out, you really see how big that gap can be. Um, there was some really other interesting data though in this report. And again, you can, if you go to the Federal Reserve's website, you can read the whole report. But some interesting things that stuck out to me um, that I think are important for everybody in terms of increasing their net worth. The first is it's good to hear that at least that they say 99% of families have one financial asset. So at least 99% of people have a bank account at minimum, right? So I think that's a good progress. It's hard to save money if you are just stashing cash in your mattress. Good to have somewhere to put it. But the second most commonly held type of financial asset was a retirement account, something like a 401k or something like that through either your their employer or doing it on their own with an IRA. And that was, you know, really stuck out to me because that's the one of the best ways that you can increase your net worth over time. We, we've had numerous episodes, right, on the value of time and starting early and saving money, putting money in a retirement plan like that and letting it grow from me age 35 to age 65, right, is that's one of the most effective ways that you can get to that million dollar number. That's that median number for a 65 year old, right? So, and that was up 4% from 2019. So in 2019, only a, less than half of people had a retirement account or less of, I should say not people, but households. And in 2022, 54% of households had a retirement account. So that's really good. And also we saw direct ownership of stocks really take a jump. So, and you probably heard the stories of the Robin hood app and with the AMC movie theaters and all the, that sort of crazy market time, right. in the, the beginning of the COVID that we saw a really substantial jump in the amount of people who were buying stocks in that time. The, and really that change. So it was went from 15% to 21% from 2019 to 2022, which is the largest change on record for people buying stocks. Now there's also, sorts of ways you can interpret the fact that people are just buying stocks and trading them like crazy. But in general, it's a good thing that people are buying these financial assets and hoping that they grow over time, right? So we saw that the the average, the median account balance dropped for people. And again, that's because there was a lot of people coming in with only a couple hundred dollars. So it's going to drive your median number down. But in general, that's a good trend for the country that people are buying stocks. So overall, a lot of good data. And again, the numbers aren't going to be perfect here, but I just think it's really interesting to see these trends over time. And if there, if you look at the different breakdowns, like I mentioned, this was one of the most significant jumps we've seen, even adjusted for 
all of the inflation that's happened over the last years. And keeping in mind that 2022 was one of the worst years ever for a traditional diversified portfolio, right? So if you own stocks and bonds in 2022, you had one of your, one of the worst years ever for a portfolio like that. But even coming through all of that, because of the real estate change and certainly some vehicle changes for those on the lower end, but overall things trending in the right direction. So now we have our, our marching orders, Wendy, we know what we're shooting for to get in that top 1%. And if we fail, then we just end up in the top 10. And I think one point even then, even then, yeah, one, you got it. You got <laughs> I remember. It. She, you wrote it down. You just, you know, go on your, your vision board. Right? I'm going to look this at it every day. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Manifest it into happening. <laughs> right. So if you have any questions about your net worth and where you stack up and, and which category you fit into or how you can move from one category to the other, we'd love to help. That's what we do with our clients. We work on their net worth. We help build a balance sheet and grow their assets over time. So you can check out our website, wittenbergwealth.com, or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.